Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Kimberly Steele's Allers, an award-winning journalist, author of five books, Advocate for Maternal and Infant Health. We are absolutely ecstatic to have her on the show today. Hello, Kimberly. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I wish I could feel how you are. Um, can you start by telling a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, I am the mother of two. It has uh, gone by so, so quick. I have a junior at Spelman, and I have a junior in high school. Um, and much of their journey really sparked my work in, you know, in this birth and breastfeeding space and continues to be my motivation. So, um, you know, my mom is my most important job and they continue to fuel me and feed me and be my greatest teacher. So I'm very grateful. I remember reading your book, um, The Mocha Mom's Manual for Pregnancy, and it was just the first, right? The first of our kind to have a prep book that got us ready for pregnancy and it like it looks like us right <laughs> yeah I'm really proud of that it's hard to remember I mean that book came out in 2006 um and at that time we weren't really having this conversation about the ways that pregnancy and childbirth and breastfeeding is different for black women and brown folks we were not talking about racism people thought I was crazy I got a lot of hate mail for saying that our pregnancy journey was different um, but really wanted to lift up uh, the Black woman at HarperCollins who bought my book deal. Um, she was actually pregnant herself and really saw the need. And so it really just shows you how sometimes it really takes us to know what we need. Um, I was very grateful for that book because to your point, not only did it, it was the first book to really look at pregnancy, not really from a medical perspective, but looking at the social cultural influence, like what's going on in a Black woman's life that may be impacting her birth experience. And so you know, I'm not a medical person, I'm a journalist by trade, but really digging into that inquiry was an important part of understanding the complexities that we bring to pregnancy and childbirth. And um, I love that women would see the book in Barnes and Noble. It also had a very stylized version of a stylish black woman on the cover. And that meant so much because we were also not included in that modern maternity stylish thing that was happening uh, among white women in magazines and at Target. Um, and so it was really powerful from, from a cultural perspective to have a, you know, modern looking, you know, stylish black character on, on the front of a book published by a major publishing company. So really proud of that. And it really kind of launched me talking about these issues and what makes us, our experiences different. Um, and so that was really the beginning of that journey. I'm just thinking about like when you are walking down the um, <laughs> and it is just how powerful it can be to just before even opening something just being yourself being a representation of like this is what my experience looks like this is what motherhood looks like I know. Um, absolutely and we and we haven't really had that particularly back then and um you know actually target was one of our bestseller places it was high on the list in target and i think that people really resonated with seeing that imagery. And still to this day, I have meetings with people and they're like, wait a minute, are you the Mocha Manual? And they go digging in their bookshelf. And I'm like, yeah, that was me, you know, many years ago, but really grateful for that and really grateful for that springboard to this conversation 
um, that we know has evolved so much deeper and richer, which is great too. Yeah, you've certainly been a pioneer um, in shifting the narrative and creating that change for maternal care. Um, when you think about um, how your work began, when was that for you and how did it get started? Well, I think like many people, motherhood shifted my focus and priorities. You know, I had a great career in journalism. I was doing my journalism thing and, you know, I was at Fortune Magazine and, uh, you know, at the New York Post. And I was covering Wall Street. I was a business journalist. I went, they, Rupert Murdoch sent me to London. I worked at the newspapers out there. Um, and so it was really just when I became pregnant that I began to look into what was going on. And I think because I have that journalist mindset, I probably over-researched everything at a time when the internet wasn't what it was right now. So it was a lot harder to do that kind of rabbit hole work, but I, I was committed. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was really scared, you know? I was blessed to have not been poor. I was blessed to have been educated. And I literally had no idea that I was still at these greater risks of low birth weight babies, preterm birth, dying during childbirth. And so as I began my own journey and my pregnancy, I became very concerned. And the, what was even more concerning was that there was nobody really answering why, you know? Um, and it was unacceptable to me that Black women were a medical mystery at this time. There were very few people. At that point for that book, I interviewed Dr. Fleeta Mass, who was doing some research down at Emory, but there were very few people who were really trying to tackle this, not you know, problematizing Black women, look at all the things wrong with us, but really trying to understand the context of our lives as a clue to why this may be happening. And so that really kind of just began. And I just did what I know how to do, which is, you know, write and, and use that. And I was able to create this platform um, and this book. But that was really how it started, you know, just my own pregnancy journey being, you know, unwilling to accept the answer that there was no answer um, and to begin to begin to ask questions, which is just what I do, talk to people. That was just my thing, uh, really coming from my journalism background. So um, we have the Mocha Manual, but I know another really big book, especially for those of us in the lactation realm, is The Big Lesson, which you know, pulls back the layers of the structures that disrupt breast success. Why is that an important Yeah, it's so important, and thank you for asking. Um, I, you know, it's my fifth baby, uh, in my, my fifth book baby, and I'm really proud of it because I found that in this book, people were always blaming themselves. You know, motherhood is one of those things where we take it very personally. You know, sadly, culturally, it's become a competitive sport, but a lot of women were holding a lot of personal failure and, and blame around their breastfeeding journeys. Um, I experienced that. You know, when I started breastfeeding, I, you know, I share with everyone that when I had my first child, I was not yet married. Um, and I was on, I was finishing up grad school at Columbia. So I was on student insurance and, you know, did not have the best experience. And then as I decided to breastfeed, uh, you know, my family members who had been so supportive of my career and my, you know, uh, studies were saying things like, well, breastfeeding is for poor people. And why are you doing that? And I was, again, confused <laughs> to why, um, you know, women that I looked up to had no knowledge of this. And I remember driving like 30 miles to get to a breastfeeding support group from where I lived. And, and I just couldn't understand why this was happening. And I didn't know whether my experience was normal. But again, through my writing, I was able to learn that this was 
that there were things that were similar for all of us as women, um, and there were things that were unique to Black women. And so, but uh, I found that people were taking it very personally and not thinking about the ways that society has failed women around breastfeeding, the ways that even the pediatric industry and, and, the, and the doctors have been in cahoots with infant formula companies, the ways that they're not even taught in medical school about lactation management, the ways that, you know, commercial interests have been insinuated into the infant feeding process from long before we showed up. You know, the fact that we live in the only industrialized nation that doesn't have a federal paid leave which doesn't allow people to properly have the time to bond and, and establish breastfeeding. And so there was no discussion of all these other things that were going around. And in fact, people are literally set up to fail before they start, right? And so that was really what the big, what big, the big letdown is about and why it's so important for people to understand, actually, there's a system that is designed before you even, you know, even got pregnant to for you not to breastfeed and that is just based on the fact that we live in a commercial society and our society has not valued mothering as important work and our society our, our, our government only plays lift service to family family policy and so i wanted to write something to make women aware that it's not you you're not failing the system is literally failing you and it's been designed to fail uh women and particularly black and brown women um over time and so really wanted it to be a way to understand the system, you know, and, and not go into it just, you know, oh, this is going to be great. Like, no, <laughs> you need to understand that that nurse probably just had lunch by the infant formula company and has been paid for this. And, and so really wanted to show, you know, the, the system around women so that they could stop uh, taking it so personally and individually, um, but also understand what it would take because so many women would say, I didn't know, I didn't know, I thought it was going to be easy. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem. So I really wanted to be clear um, about the setup, the ways that women are being let down. And that includes everything from, you know, the way feminism has not supported uh, the work of mothering as important work um, so that they could understand, you know, the whole picture so that they could not take it personally, but to be more prepared as they enter into their infant feeding journey. You know, it's the, the blame itself. Huge. And so being able to have that help understand all that's around us, I found that like the book was not only helpful in understanding players, but then able to translate that to my family. I, my in-laws, parents, like while both of my mother and my mother-in-law were supportive of the journey, they didn't have successful breastfeeding journey. So when I was struggling, it's hard um, for me to explain like why it was so important. And so then I'd be able to be like, but you know, in the big letdown, it says <laughs> on page 18. <laughs> and that's so important. I mean, particularly for Black for black women and birthing people and you know i'm one of the co-founders of black breastfeeding week for us to have this reclamation right to think about the ways that even if we do have family who are you know verbally supportive they may not even know how like, they want to be supportive they don't even know what that means and what to do um and so that we could talk about the historical trauma the the disconnect that was created to detach us from our babies and our maternal experience which begins with feeding that is your first job as a mother as a mother and as enslaved uh, Black women, we were not even allowed to do that. 
And so this, this is a disruption that we cannot, you know, ignore. And it has had a generational impact. It has led to ongoing trauma. And also to your point, you know, when we think about our older relatives, our aunties and big mamas who support us, you know, they are a part of our social circle. And we need to understand why they may feel the way they feel and why they don't know. And you know what's been so interesting on the other side of that? I have literally seen so many beautiful Black grandmas come out in support of their daughters as they're breastfeeding. And many of them, and I'm getting goosebumps sharing this because I have seen so many older Black women in tears, right? So happy for the support that their daughter or granddaughter is receiving, but often saying, I didn't know. Why didn't anybody ever tell me? And really just being emotional around what was withheld from our ancestors, right? Living and, and dead. And so I'm, I'm really grateful that we are in a reclamation because there is still being trauma um, carried around, you know, among our grandmothers. And so when I see that they, you know, may not be supportive, I have nothing but compassion. And I have literally seen older women with tears in their eyes, happy for their daughters, but so, 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 so shook and, and traumatized the fact that no one ever told them, no one ever helped them. You know, and that's the work that we're trying to undo and recreate. Absolutely. I got goosebumps said that too. Because we, I mean, we've been able to have older, um, older women who have, who have birth, not like just newly, but talk about being able to see their grandchildren coming in and how that like put, pulled back some layers for themselves. Um, and it is just, you know, it's so the word I'm looking for but it's just amazing to like watch it all come together to be able to see that healing um that understanding um from the older generations and the newer generations of just all of our experiences as a whole as we're really understanding what our whole experience was and how it shaped where we are today so yeah exactly it's like we're in a healing work not just for ourselves but for our, our foremothers right and that's really the beauty of the moment for me um, the beauty of what I see happening during Black Breastfeeding Week, that we are not just healing ourselves, but we're healing those who came before us and also setting the groundwork for those who come behind us um, to have a different experience and a different conversation, you know, like that's the goal. And so um, I'm grateful for all the ways that we're doing this, and including you all and your great work. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we tune in every Monday for Milkshake Mondays. And we know that you also um, engaged with the community with the Silver Linings Playbook, uh, Birth and Breastfeeding Post-Pandemic. Can you talk about those offerings? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, yeah, so every Monday at noon Eastern, I do a live on Instagram and Facebook just around what's going on in the infant feeding world. I call it Milkshake Mondays um, because years ago, an organization gave me the Milkshake Award for being an agitator in the breastfeeding world. And I just thought that was one of my favorite awards. Um, and so we shake it up. I share news and, and views about what's going on. Sometimes we talk about studies. Uh, many times we talk about, you know, clearly around racial disparities and what we can do around that work. But it's an important time to, uh, to have a conversation about breastfeeding that's not necessarily rooted in somebody's, uh, you know, uh, an institution, but it's rooted in community knowledge. It's rooted in ideas. It's rooted in creativity, innovation, something that we're, we've been missing in this work. Um, and so I, I'm real excited about that. And so I hope folks will join me um, on Mondays at, at noon Eastern on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, 
And, you know, for the Silver Linings Playbook, as you know, this pandemic has just been, whoa, I mean, it has just been a hard time. And, and, you know, we were, as Black people, living through the twin pandemic of kind of seeing this global health pandemic, but also having this rising of the racism and police brutality playing out before our eyes. And so I was very concerned. I mean, from a historical perspective, pandemics have been kind of society shifting moments. You know, they have been these opportunities for people to, um, to, for society to redefine itself. And I thought, well, you know, how can we find the silver lining of this pandemic? And how do we create the world that we all deserve for birth and breastfeeding? How do we make sure that if we're going to build back, that we're not going back to business as usual, because that business didn't serve anyone and certainly harmed black and brown folk. Um, and what could be these moments that we are living through? You know, whether it's something, you know, more abstract around our compassion and our need for community, something very specific around the ways that hospital birth were shown to be, you know, dangerous, unnecessary, when now you're forcing people who are not sick to go into a place that's full of sick people and then we saw everyone being forced to birth alone or, I mean, crazy things that we would never say is okay. And so what were the ways that we could create a playbook that, um, that we could uh, think about how we come out of this? Now, we never thought that we'd still be in the middle of it <laughs> at this point. Um, so we will be working on the next iteration, which I'll probably launch, if not December, then at the top of the new year. But certainly once we know what the next administration looks like, um, and we get over our joy or our depression over that. Um, and then we can, you know, really dig in again around how do we leverage this moment to make the world better for mothers and babies and bring in the things that we know are missing, you know? Um, and so that was a great, it was a six week session where we really came together over six weeks working in groups and I had guest speakers to just really think through um, what we were doing. A lot of it was so interesting was also thinking about trauma. Right. And I was saying to the conference attendees that we may not be able to prevent harm. Right? I live in New York City where we were at the epicenter in terms of our, you know, COVID rates and the craziness and the hospital shutdowns and the women birthing alone. It was all crazy. And it was very hard for me in that moment as an advocate to be called on to do something. Right. People expected us to do something. Kimberly, what can you say? Who can you call? What can we do? Meanwhile, as a person, I'm being infected, affected. I've got to bring my daughter home from Spelman. I got a son, a black son who's watching murders. You know, like it was, it was a very difficult time. Um, but I think that, you know, we wanted to, it was important for me to say, like, we may not be able to stop all the harm, but we have to be prepared to heal. And so how do we make sure that our ongoing work, if nothing else, is trauma-informed? Because people are going through trauma right, at various levels. Um, and so this idea that how do we heal, um, we may not be able to prevent all the harm that's going to happen to folks, um, but how do we heal and how do we make that part of our next work? And I think that is still an important theme um, that I want to revisit and pick up as we think about our Silver Linings Playbook Series Part 2. When you, um, Kimberly, you discussed discussing trauma and how in these birth experiences, they keep coming up, right? Um, we recently listened to a birth story where I really didn't have anything to say, right? Here we are podcasters and you're just you know, like, I'm just mad. I'm angry listening to this story. I just told her, I'm like, I have nothing else to say besides I'm angry with you and for you. 
and I said, I'm going to direct you to the recap. Like, it was like, that's, that's all I could do, right? And, um, and it's not that we're supposed to be fixing things, right? We're not the fixers in that way because um, that's someone else's responsibility in terms of how they treat it, right? Um, but how did the Earth app come about for you? Um, what's the mission and the focus? So when someone else hears my story, when we were listening to that story and I saw throwing out the Earth app at people, <laughs> they know what that actually is. No, I appreciate that. And, you know, really, again, it came from my personal experience when I had my first child, um, when I had my daughter, as I mentioned, I was at grad school and um, uh, I, you know, I was in my, I was 29 when I had my daughter. So, you know, I was at a decent age. I was a grown, I was, I was a grown folk. Um, and, uh, you know, at that time I was living in New York City. Um, like in the city, and I was asking peers, whether people that I had worked with or other moms that I knew who were at the time mostly white women, where I, where I should deliver in the city. And they gave glowing reviews of this hospital. It was often on these lists that come out through different uh, media uh, magazines around best places, best hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. And they just could not stop talking how, about how great this place was. And I went there and left traumatized. I had a C section, I still can't explain. Um, I literally cried to have my baby with me. I said I was breastfeeding. It was written on her car. They gave my baby formula behind my back and against my wishes. I was treated so disrespectfully. And it was such a shock because I walked in with such different expectations. Um, and when I, you know, kind of went back to, you know, my, my white girlfriends around this experience, they were like, wow, are you at the same place? And I was. But the fact of the matter is, you know, at that time I was not yet married. And because I was a student, I was on basic insurance. And so I was treated like an unwed black woman with basic insurance. And I never forgot that. And so although in many ways, these women were my peers, we were at the same education, we worked at the same places, they were not my peers in terms of my circumstance. It would have been much better for me to have actually asked a, you know, a, a single mother or somebody else with my insurance type about their experience there. And so it became clear to me that people are not being treated the same way, even at the same time. And we know this. We know this across the board. We know that it happens to our sister Serena, to celebrities, down to you know regular folk like you and I, um, to our disadvantaged sisters. And so we know this is not an income issue that you can even, especially with Serena. I remind people: not only is she a celebrity, a multimillionaire, but she was there with her white millionaire husband and still could not be heard, still was not listened to. So this is something about our skin. It is something about that black skin triggers something in these people's minds that allows them to give us less than optimal care. And it has to be stopped. What we know is that right now, hospitals are doing these quote unquote anti-bias trainings and your audience can't see my air quotes. Um, but, uh, which, but often it's, it's a tick the box exercise for them. There's zero public accountability and they are rarely ever checking back in to see whether this training has actually impacted the patient experience. And so I had this idea about earth, um, which is the word birth, but we dropped the B for bias. So it's I-R-T-H as a way that we could create our own Yelp-like platform for us to find and leave reviews of maternal and infant care physicians and hospitals as a way for us to inform each other, right? At earth, we say we are our sister's keeper because we believe strongly that we have to let each other know where we are receiving good care and exactly where we are. And so I'm really proud of this platform. 
for the past year. It actually started as a little project with my son. He's a real math and science kid, a real coding kind of guy. And I would always send him to these camps and he would come home and I don't understand a word he is talking about. That is not my side of my brain at all. And so I had this idea in my mind. I said, you know what, maybe there's something we can do together. So we literally started going to these free app development classes um, and working on it together as our mommy and son project, uh, a way trying to bridge our world. Um, and so it really is, um, I'm really grateful that this has been something that I could start with, with my children and because of my children. And so, you know, I've raised over $600,000 in grants to build it. We have an all women of color team building the Earth app, um, down to our UX designer, to our Android developer. Um, so I'm really proud of that. But we are creating a public platform for us to find reviews um, and, to, and to share reviews about our care on the back end we're building an incredible database so that we can turn these qualitative experiences into quantitative data that we can now go to these hospitals and push for change. Because like you, you hear all the stories, right? I've worked on the ground in I don't know how many cities in this country with various community engagement projects with my speaking work. I hear all these stories. I have flown into cities to work and went to a funeral of a mama who died because that's what the community is doing. It is too much. It is too much. Um, but we need to put all of our stories in one place. And I felt strongly that a digital platform was a way for us to create a collective tool that we could now use for change because these individual stories get dismissed. So when we get to go to a hospital and say, we have a thousand people and 80% of the black women are saying this, 70% of Latino women, the same sex couples, whatever it is, now we have strength in numbers and our stories can have power uh, when we use them collectively. So that's really the vision behind Earth. I'm really, really proud of what we're doing. We're, we're uh, looking to launch at the end of November, early December by the latest. Um, and I'm excited to bring this tool to our community. Um, and we let people know, listen, you go run, tell that, okay? Like we need to let folks know where we are receiving good care. And I often, you know, say like, we want to amplify those good providers. You know, I speak to a lot of hospitals. They don't really like earth, which makes me real excited. and makes me know I'm on the right track. Because um, I feel like they've been centered for far too long in this process. Everybody, what are the hospitals going to say? What are the hospitals going to say? I don't really care. Like, I'm here for Black women. So someone needs to start to amplify our lived experience versus these institutions. And I hope Earth can be one tool um, that is doing that. And so um, we want to amplify those who are doing good care. I'll let them know, listen, I want to make you the Airbnb super host of the Earth platform if you're doing well. But these bad apples need to be revealed. Um, and we have to start really creating public accountability for our care. And unfortunately, um, we've been asking the hospitals for a long time. We've asked, we've asked, we've asked, we've waited for them to do their thing. Um, and so now what we need, in my opinion, is a meaningful consumer disruption that can, that can hopefully move them along as they've been very slow to self-regulate. Black women are continuing to be killed within this medical system. We are continually dying. And I believe that we need to take a more urgent step, um, and perhaps one that doesn't include their opinion or approval. But that's just me. <laughs> We're here for it, okay? <laughs> We're here for it. They love the data until the data shows their true colors. So exactly. they're not going to have anything else to say once we're like, here it is, right here, right, right here. Right so. here. <laughs> I'm like, well, let, let's see what they say then. And then also, I like to remind people that although we describe Earth as a Yelp-like, it is not a free-form commenting space. We do ask 
with all the types of behaviors that you experience, because I think that we also need to decode bias. We're talking about it in an abstract way. People are like, it's unconscious. Well, I don't know what it is. I took the training. I'm still doing things. So with this, we have several experiences that have been self-reported by people, by um, users in the app, whether that's lack of eye contact, dismissiveness about your pain level, you know, diagnostic tests that we know that, that didn't happen in a timely fashion, you know, all of these things. And now we can say, no, look, it's this, right? So we will have hospital-specific, community-specific data on the types of behaviors that are going on in that institution by these particular providers. And that's how we can actually start to change what they can see, right? Because they're saying, we don't see it. Well, we're about to show you. So we'll see what happens then. Um, and so I'm excited about our ability to, to actually change this conversation about bias um, and for us to get down into the details of what this looks like from the lived experience of Black and Brown birthing folks. Not what they think bias is, what is causing us harm, what is causing us trauma, what is causing us to feel disrespected, and they need to fix that. So that's what we're really, uh, that's the mission that I'm on with Earth, and so I'm real excited. We're excited. <laughs> We are so excited. Oh, um, so beyond taking this, taking the survey, um, providing the information, are there other opportunities um, for the community to get involved with the work of Earth? Yeah, that's such a great question. So, you know, right now um, we are really focused on seeding the app uh, with stories because really the power comes from numbers. So, you know, we, we've been in this intensive review collection campaign. We are asking people to go to birthwithoutbias.com, complete our survey uh, to help us make sure that we, that when it launches, we will have actual reviews in it. We've been working really, really hard to make sure that when it opens, you know, there's already data. Also, this process helps us begin to learn how people are asking questions. We are also having some hospital pilots who begin to work with them to share. Um, information so that we can begin to see how we can definitely use as a tool for change. So if particularly if you live in New York City, Detroit, Sacramento, the Metro DC area, and New Orleans, um, mamas and their partners in those areas can get a $25 gift card for completing a review. When the app launches in uh, late November, early December, we'll be definitely pushing for more people to enter the app the power is going to come from numbers. And so we definitely want the community to do that. We want the community to use the app. We want them to kind of look at Earth Reviews, let that be a decision making. You know, I'm saying that my vision is that no woman, woman of color will birth without Earth. Like you will check those Earth Reviews and let someone know you're checking those Earth Reviews. And then ultimately, in my vision for the brand that, you know, we will all be able to walk into a physician and see, he has a sign up that says that he's Earth approved. And that's, a, that's our good housekeeping seal of approval for where we know we can receive respectful care. Or that's up in the hospital lobby. So we can say, like, this place has been vouched for by my sisters, right? And that means something to me. Um, and so that really is the goal that we begin to use it. Also, I'll let white people know that Earth is a tool for allyship. We expect white women to look at Earth and let their providers know what they're learning about the reviews in the app so that collectively all women can use our consumer power in service of the black and brown women who are being harmed by this system. And so that's what everyone can do. Um, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We need to build our community. We need people to take the survey. If you have given birth in the past 18 months, we are, you are eligible um, and we love to hear from you. Uh, and again, 
the birthing person and a birthing partner, dad, husband, partner, whatever, can also leave a review in the app. Um, and we also have reviews for doulas. So if you're a doula out there listening, please go into um, Go to Birth Without Bias and take our doula survey. We know that doulas see a number of births. And so we value their expertise. Um, as we build our algorithm, those doula reviews will have a heavier weighting. And the way the app works, when you put in a zip code or you're looking for a hospital, you will see a special icon that shows that a doula has also left a review for that particular provider or place. And so that's critically important because we know the work that doulas are doing is, is awesome. And we need to lift up their experience as being critically important because we know that it is. How can someone find out more information about the work of the Earth, Earth app? Is it just all on the Birth Without Bias right now? Yeah, so most of the information is at birthwithoutbias.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the Earth app, I-R-T-H-A-P-P. Uh, we do have a Facebook page at the Earth app. Um, and so that is really, you can follow me at I am Casey So those are our main ways of disseminating information. So yes, I would love people to download the app. Uh, you can find it wherever you get your app. We have an Android version. We have an iOS version. So please download it. We know that it will, it will only reach its true potential if we all use it. And so I really am asking folks to share it, share it with those. If you work in a hospital, tell the mamas as they're leaving. If you're a doula, if you are a lactation consultant, like, please, let's just spread the word, spread the word, spread the word, and download the app. Um, so that we can actually help it reach its true potential for the birth world. It's about to be. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I can't even hold it. It's going to be great. Um, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to share with listeners? Resources, advice, anything else about your work? Just anything yeah, else you want yeah. to leave them with? Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, our stories have power, you know, and one of the things that has been so amazing about this time is that we are sharing, you know, and the other thing that's really important to me, you know, as a storyteller, as a person who works intentionally about shifting our narrative in birth and breastfeeding is that I'm concerned that we are often, you know, the victims in the Black maternal mortality crisis, right? We keep hearing the headlines are often about the death often about the statistics, but not really about the community-centered solutions that we know are out there. And so we really want to, you know, use Earth as a tool to shift the narrative because I say to women, listen, you are not the victims of the Black maternal mortality crisis. We have power, and it's our consumer power. Black and brown women are a powerful consumer block. They are constantly marketing to us, right? I used to work at Essence, so I know what that looks like, the way people want to, uh, you know, target our market. So this is, we have to tap into our, our power resources, our power sources, which is our consumer power and our collective power so that we can reverse this narrative of us being of all this doom and gloom and all of this negativity and actually say, no, we have power and we are going to move this industry, not wait for them to move themselves, but we are going to do our part to help move this industry. And so that part is really important to me that we see this as an empowering tool and that we really try to reject this narrative around all the doom and gloom that's really framing um, Black maternal health right now and that we kind of tap into those power sources as a balance, as a balance. Um, and so that's really important. And really just encourage people to spread the word. I am grateful for this opportunity to speak to your audience. I'm asking everybody out there to please 
spread the word about the Earth app. Um, download it when it's available. Let's use it. It's going to be a powerful tool, but only if we make it so. And so I'm, you know, really want everyone to just, um, I could build it, but I hope that people will use it so that it could actually reach its full potential um, and that we really create a way for us to have a power source in this conversation and not just to be always being talked about at the, at the other end of it. Um, and that hopefully knowing that we are talking about it publicly can cause people to pay a bit more attention. I'm also not convinced into hospital altruism. They, they, you know, they care about a few things and it's profit and public opinion. Um, and so we, we need to use those factors in our favor. Um, and so that's really how we can tap into uh, our power and their pain point, um, to speak in that business vernacular, to, to better think about how we can shift this industry. So I'm excited about that. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you for your work. This is so exciting. <laughs> listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. <laughs>